welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be doing our super, super smash up of Sense of Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, and Eraserhead. Yes. I'm very excited about this one. <laughs> yes. So many things to compare. <laughs> so many different works. I know. It's been quite a ride. I mean, we've had a lot of technical difficulties, but we overcame them. And um, I think the Pride and Prejudice episode turned out pretty good considering. Yes. I think so too. The fact that we had to record it over like two or three different <laughs> <laughs> settings. <laughs> technology so i was just gonna ask how are you feeling about jane austen and david lynch so far are you still excited (laughs) yeah i'm having a lot of fun like i i don't know every experience has been different you Mm -hmm. know and there's been ones that i've really liked and some that i thought "Eh, it's okay yeah (laughs) but uh, it's still enjoyable i really have fun watching them and talking about them awesome (laughs) yeah i've enjoyed it especially going back and um you know watching sense and sensibility and pride and prejudice back to back and then eraserhead was a really fun experience for me to really get into (laughs) and talk about i really enjoyed that episode yeah that was really really fun one because we got to talk about so many different things i don't think we got to talk about with any of the other David Lynch or Jane Austen stuff. I know. I don't know if there will be anything quite like that well there are a few of his early works that we might be like yeah, this is very surreal. <laughs> <laughs> very surrealist. Yeah, but I've really been enjoying it myself, and I'm just so excited that we're yes. doing this podcast. And I'm very excited for what's to come from when we get to the books and when we get to maybe yeah. like Twin Peaks and kind of dive into that. Yeah, and... should we go ahead and talk about what is coming in the future? Sure. Okay, well, the next couple of movies are going to be <laughs> two Jane Austens that were from this ITV PBS um, masterpiece complete Jane Austen collection thing they did. Um, And it's going to be Mansfield Park, Persuasion, and then we're going to do the pilot episode of Twin Peaks. So we're finally going to start off some Twin Peaks, which is very exciting for me. And then after that, we're going to start reading our first book. The yes, first book so that you're going to read before you see a sh- uh, movie, and it's going to be Northanger Abbey. Okay. And then we're going to juxtapose um, a- some of the episodes of Twin Peaks. We're going to start Twin Peaks. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's see. Should we answer a few questions first? Sure. Okay. We had we asked you guys for some questions and we got some great listener questions. <laughs> well, first off, someone asked how I got into David Lynch in the first place, uh-huh. and I think I've already explained this, but um, my mom watched it when it first came on, and then they, when they announced the second season, they decided to replay all the episodes. Uh huh. And so she wanted me to watch it when they came back on. I think I was in seventh grade. I was like thirteen-ish. Thir- yeah, 12 or 13. Okay. Um, my sister was telling me that she remembers watching it for the first time, or when I watched it for the first time, she was watching it and she ran out of the room because she was so scared. <laughs> I don't remember that, but she had to have been like nine or 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is a little scary for a young kid. I know. I guess my mom had great faith in us. <laughs> <laughs> she knew you could take it. Okay. So here's a really interesting question. Well, and I'll let you answer this one. Okay. If you could live inside a David Lynch movie, uh, well, we only got two so far, um, which would you choose? Hmm. Now, 
would do you think I would have to live the life as one of the characters or just be in that <laughs> I guess realm? You could say Twin Peaks too, since you've seen some of that too. That's true. Um, or um, also the question also is which. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have asked it completely to begin with. If you could live inside a David Lynch movie, which would you choose? Or which Jane Austen also would you choose? And if you had to pick between the two, which would you pick? So it's like... Okay, so like one of each and then whichever one I prefer. Yeah. Okay. Um, For David Lynch, I feel like... I don't know. It's going to be hard. You can't really choose Eraserhead. <laughs> I was about to say, I think Eraserhead is going to be crossed off the list first because... It sounds awful to live in that Nobody time. Wants to live in that movie. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic, like desert wasteland. Yeah. No, thank you. With mutant babies. Yeah. Um. So I guess it's between Blue Velvet or Twin Peaks. Um. I would say maybe Blue Velvet. It seems like Twin Peaks is almost like more of a smaller town, kind of like. Yeah. Middle, not middle of nowhere, but you know what I mean. Kind of like, oh, we have just two gas stations and one grocery store for everyone and it just doesn't seem like it's for me yeah i kind of like the idea of blue velvet it's kind of like got that like 80s kind of uh yeah they had a real culture going on in that town yeah between the logs and the nightclubs (laughs) lumberton is that i guess i'm moving to lumberton (laughs) but it seemed more like it was much more going on yeah so um for jane austen i don't know I kind of, like, just based on the movie, kind of want to live in Pride and Prejudice. And yeah, because it was such a gorgeous movie. Yeah, and just kind of just go live with all of the Bennets. <laughs> I feel like you could probably live in any of the Jane Austen movies, and you would be basically living same. in the same time. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just depends on, like... like which family do you want to live with? <laughs> how rich do you want to be, too? Because I feel like the Woodhouses were a little bit richer than the Bennets, and... Oh, yeah. If I had to pick one, I guess I'd live with Emma because I'd have the most autonomy and the most money to be able to That's do whatever true. I wanted. That's true. And then you also got to think about, like, um, from, like, both of our perspectives, like, you're a woman who would have to live in that time. So it's like yeah. more money would be definitely way more beneficial to you. Yeah, that was the hard part for me deciding if I had to pick between the two. I mean... Sure, if I could live in a Jane Austen movie and meet Jane Austen, I would do it in a heartbeat. But right. if I had to, like, be a woman in that society, <laughs> if I could be a man, maybe, yeah. But um, I don't know. It just seems so oppressive. It would be yeah. hard. But then a David Lynch movie. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the women get treated the, pretty the, terribly. Yeah, there's a lot of um, <laughs> scary outside influences going on. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily want to live in either. <laughs> But yeah, I would say that's a little bit of a disadvantage. I like to escape into both. <laughs> yeah, I think Pride and Prejudice, but I would have to live with Bennett and then be Elizabeth's best friend. And then whenever she marries Mr. Darcy, she'll just give me a wing of the house. Yeah. And that would be the <laughs> ideal fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like to be Mrs. Taylor. Uh huh. And, um, you know, be Emma's governess. Yes. Yeah. That's and a then, good idea. You know, the, marry whichever guy is the nicest. A <laughs> <laughs> rich man. And I think out of the two, I'd prefer probably Jane Austen. It seems a little bit less uh, intense. And <laughs> yeah. And although it's like, what, like 300 years ago? Two, 200 and something years ago, probably. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Oh, something. Gosh, 300. I think she just nah. had her 300th birthday. Like. Okay. So, like, or was it? a couple <laughs> hundred years ago, basically. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to live in <laughs> more present day, but have some weird supernatural stuff happen to me, or... Do I just want to live 200 years ago and yeah. kind of deal with... I mean, it might be fun to be like, I'm in the middle of a crazy mystery and... 
Gotta solve Who it. knows what's coming next? Probably nothing good, but... <laughs> no. But I think I would prefer Austin times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely would be a, like, um, funnier to yeah. live in Austin. <laughs> More witty uh, quibbles and... Yeah. <laughs> but then it, it's also, like, you gotta think about, like, the, the, real, the realistic, like, kind of gross parts of living at that time like taking a shower once a year and yeah yeah <laughs> being gross the whole time yeah having to i i was reading some stuff about um the parties at the time mm-hmm. and women had to like um basically take diuretics all day so that they Ugh. would get all of they wouldn't have to go to the bathroom while they're at these parties that last Hours. forever because <laughs> you just couldn't you right. pretty much have to go home but i was like imagining myself hiking up my skirts and like squatting behind a bush at some <laughs> rich party be like i'm not leaving be like i you guys can just close your eyes this is england <laughs> pretend like no one's looking exactly squat into the country and hide. um okay let's do one more question um uh, talk about the differences between the movies and episodic TV. Well, we haven't really gotten to any episodic stuff yet. No, I mean, I've watched season one of Twin Peaks. I mean, for me, personally, I prefer episodic. I prefer a miniseries. Mm-hmm. I prefer a television show. Just because I like things to last forever. I like <laughs> things to cover every single detail and take their time. I'm just that kind of person. Uh-huh. Um, well, that makes sense because you could fit more into a miniseries because especially if each episode is an hour long, yeah. you have eight episodes, that's eight hours of content yeah. rather than a two-hour movie. Exactly. And, I mean, we're about to record Mansfield Park in a little while, and that uh-huh. is um, something that kind of suffered from trying to Condense. stuff so much into such a short amount of time. So, yeah, and there's a few novels that don't even have a miniseries at all, and I am just... <laughs> Appalled with the world. Baffled. Why is there no Northanger Abbey miniseries? This is just ridiculous. Studios are waiting for you to submit. (laughs) Okay. Um. Let's see. Should I read my mashup now? Sure. (laughs) Okay. So I wrote this thing. I really wanted to do also, um, I really wanted to take the scene from Eraserhead, the family dinner scene, okay, and write it as Jane Austen. <laughs> but, okay, when I'm reading the books, okay. my brain starts to think like Jane Austen, and I will just start talking like her without even trying. <laughs> right. It just becomes part of your vocabulary. But I haven't been reading the books lately, so it's just... Been a little difficult. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really get the voice, so I instead decided to write um a scene from sense and sensibility Uh as if it was a racer head okay (laughs) scary (laughs) yeah so okay this is um okay so when marianne goes to the party and sees willoughby Uh and he just disses her and she like passes out or almost faints at the party this is starting right there okay okay I've not read this since I wrote it, so I hope it's okay. (laughs) Okay. After Marianne faints at the party, fade to black, the sound of a metal gate slamming shut. Man, I wish I had sound effects right now. (laughs) (laughs) Close up on Marianne's face, black and white. Her eyes open, and we see she is standing in front of a locked gate covered in dead vines. 
Behind the gate, a boarded-up, dilapidated estate. Marianne tries the gate, but it won't open. She turns around, and we see a wide, muddy road leading from the gate, and both sides are foggy, swampy water. Okay. Marianne is distraught and starts down the path forlorn. As she walks, she starts to notice her shoes sinking into the mud. She sees that her dress is also getting very muddy. Her tears start to dry up as she begins to pick up her skirts and tries to walk in the less muddy bits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All we've heard up to this point in the background has been wind and crows cawing. Now we hear a carriage coming fast. Marianne turns to see a carriage barreling down on her. Driving the carriage is Willoughby. He yells, out of the way, and swerves around her, sending up a spray of mud that gets all over her. She jumps and her shoes stay in the mud, close up on them, sinking into the mud. Now Marianne continues on shoeless. The mud is getting deeper as she walks. She struggles more. And as the mud... (laughs) (laughs) Now Marianne continues on shoeless. The mud is getting deeper. As she walks, she struggles more as the mud becomes ankle deep, then knee deep. The carriage comes by again and behaves exactly as before. This time, Marianne waves her arms and tries to get its attention, but it, but it only ends up, but only ends up with another face full of mud. She looks down and sees she's now hip deep in the mud. She tries to move forward, even though the effort is clear. We hear footsteps coming from behind. It's Eleanor looking drab and poor, a worn gray scarf over her head. She's walking on the road without sinking. Marianne calls to her, Eleanor. Eleanor turns and says, "No beef." Marianne asks for help Eleanor says no sugar Marianne raises her arms Eleanor grabs her arm and says no understanding she begins to pull on Marianne's arms her back is bent but she pulls hard Marianne struggles to get out of the mud but is not successful they're both struggling and Marianne notices that Eleanor is beginning to sink now long slow shot as this realization dawns Marianne abruptly lets go and says no Eleanor says, no beef. (laughs) Eleanor, now looking normal again, not stuck in the mud or muddy, walks next to Marianne for a while as Marianne continues her struggle to get down the road in the mud. She says, no sugar. A little more walking and she says, no understanding. We see Marianne find a dry patch of grass and pull herself up onto the surface of the road. When she turns back, Eleanor is gone. She's alone again. For the third time, we hear the carriage. It repeats the same action, but this time, Marianne jumps out of the way and shields her eyes from the mud. When she opens them, she's at another gate like the one at the start. She stands looking at it, but doesn't try to open it. Fade out. Fade back into the movie after Marianne's illness. Uh, (laughs) So spooky. So that was my absurdist interpretation of Marianne's mind state. After being between rejected. Between the time she gets rejected and when she wakes up from her illness and realizes uh, she's been terribly rude. ill. <laughs> what a way to realize that you've been awful. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I'm not, you know, the best writer or whatever, but I thought I'd write something to help encourage our listeners to hopefully write, write their own. You know, I'd love so to cool. read you guys' stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that was really cool. I like that. It was oh, thank so you. spooky. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to have the Eraserhead vibe, but not, like, set it in Eraserhead because yeah. that just would be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Exactly. All right. 
music interlude. interpreter of Jane Austen writer director actor etc I mean I guess at this point we're gonna have to say Emma Thompson yeah I mean there's... <laughs> she's pretty much been instrumental in all of the um movies we've watched so far oh uh, yeah she's the patron saint of Jane Austen yeah now we haven't gotten to him yet but um there's a writer Andrew Davies who did uh several of the uh, BBC uh-huh. adaptations and I think he did the new Sanditon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and I thought, yeah, let's mention Sanditon and okay. the new Emma. They're both coming out in February. And um, we want to, you know, we're definitely going to cover them. Yes. And we'd love to just be able to cover them as they're coming out. But um, we're not there yet. Christian is not to the place <laughs> where we're like ready to take really on brand new work do a deep dive onto sanditon you know we got to get through the six main novels before we right. can move on to this new interpretation of a scrap of a novel um and with emma as well i just um don't know what our schedules are gonna be like or how available we're gonna be we're definitely gonna cover it but we're not gonna really be able to do a real dive into it until we can get a copy of it you right, know? and then actually watch it, watch it. Yeah, watch it's it. also like you know our first episode was on Emma, the nineteen ninety six yeah. version, which I feel like we just recorded that. It was not that too too long ago, so yeah. we kind of want to have a gap where we're not just doing like the same works. Yeah, even if they're different interpretations over and over. Yeah, and there's plenty of other stuff we're gonna intersperse in there, so we're definitely gonna get to them. We'll do like a little. We saw it. This is how we feel. Maybe in our next check-in or, um, you know, whichever check-in comes after they come out and we're able right. to see them. <laughs> but we're definitely going to get to it, you know. It's probably better for the podcast if we could do it immediately because people yeah. will be like, ooh, let me see if anyone talked about Emma. Right. But, you know, we're we going to do what we can. Cause yeah. We'll just, get to it eventually. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> we're very excited for two new pieces know, of Jane Austen to come so out. exciting. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to watch. And they're both coming out. At the beginning of the year, it's going to be... It's a good start. So great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any other favorite, um, like, writers or actors or anything so far? Um, well, I mean, I think the most enjoyable actor slash to watch, actress to watch in any of these, to me, has been Kira Knightley. But I just love yeah. her in anything. Like, I think she's just so talented and just, yeah. like, so likable on she screen. Is. Um, and it's just so natural. Like it just does. I don't feel like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. So I think I, I think she's been my favorite. Yeah. Which is Pride and Prejudice has been my favorite Austin piece so far too. It's just yeah feels so like. I mean, I could complete. pick a favorite from everyone, and you know what? Probably in a week, mm-hmm. I would have a different favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Tony Collette and Emma, I particularly she was love. Um, she was really good too. I really love Kate Winslet in Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. and Alan Rickman, and you know everyone i just feel like so far we've not really i mean emma is not was not the best interpretation of emma but it was a yes. cute movie and, it was yeah um, it, was a, it was a good starting off point yeah so um i guess that's something we can come back to once yeah. we've done a little more should we like branch off of that and do like maybe 
that being our favorite and maybe our least favorite interpretation? Mm, you know, I don't really like to say my least favorite because I never can pick a least favorite. Mm-hmm. And it always feels, I don't know. I don't like least favorites personally. No. Okay. One time I was the victim <laughs> of a least favorite and I oh. have never appreciated it <laughs> since That's me. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Um, what, oh, oh. what would be your dream Lynch adaptation of Austin? Ooh. That's a really good one. Like that's, okay, well my dream adaptation because it's my favorite of the books would be uh-huh. Mansfield Park and also it's got the most dark i think yeah and the most um complexity character wise mm-hmm. i feel like it'd be a good the easiest transition probably yeah to that kind of thinking yeah i mean i think he would probably do fine with any of them because i would love to see like an absurdist comedy version of um you know sense and sensibility or something yeah. crazy like that yeah um, or maybe like Northanger Abbey would be fun, mm-hmm. but I'm almost afraid. I would be kind of afraid for David Lynch to do Northanger Abbey because it's got, I mean, it's already got like these gothic themes, but it, um, is also so like heart. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but like fills your heart in a certain way. There's just uh-huh. something about Northanger Abbey that's so youthfully joyful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like making faces over here and Christian's trying to interpret me. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. Do you have a one? I was going to say, I think Sense and Sensibility would be really interesting to see. Yeah. Because I feel like it's got enough dark elements where it's like... Yeah, it's got like a good combo of funny and dark. Yeah. I feel like that would also be a really good transition piece. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what Austin role should Laura Dern tackle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. she, Whatever <sighs> age she is, I swear she could probably play all of the parts. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Um... Trying to think. Um, I mean, she would have, of course made a great Emma in her youth, and yeah. or any of the like. I would, I would kind of love to see her play like a Caroline Bingley. <laughs> oh, she would be really good as Caroline. Although that might be a waste of her talents because um, it's such a small role. Yeah, but maybe if they like kind of beefed it up a little bit. Yeah, I would say Lady Catherine de Bourgh, but she's not that old yet. No. Plus, I'd rather see her play, like, Mrs. Bennet than Lady Catherine, honestly, if mm-hmm. we're going to go for an older character. Yes. I kind of feel like she'd be a good Marianne. Oh, yeah. She would have been a good Marianne. <laughs> or even, um, um, oh, my God, Eleanor. She'd be a good oh, Eleanor, Oh, yeah. She would have been a great Eleanor, too. She, I think Sense and Sensibility, kind of, to me, fits the most, like, her themes. Yeah. But definitely, like, once she gets, like, to the right age, like, she'd be a perfect Catherine de Bourgh. <laughs> Like she's got the she's got the range. Yeah, she's. I mean, she could do any part. She could be um, Darcy if she wanted to be. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> how did David Lynch make that baby? <laughs> oh, gross. That's an answer that no one can answer. No, I mean, that's only, a question no one can answer. Only David knows, and yes. it's gross. But I'm guessing some sort of air thing to move the animatronic wise, or maybe there is maybe. Do you I think there know. was a hand? I don't think there was a hand up there. Like I don't think so. It. I think it might have been maybe animatronic, but I feel like maybe hydro. Like what's the one where you like squeeze an air thing and it like the air moves the stuff? Is it, maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's probably gross because they did have access to umbilical cords, so <laughs> I'm sure it's got some nasty, gross things. It certainly in it. looked gross. Ugh. Um. Okay. <laughs> Here is the question that is um. Like a test question. We'll uh-huh. see if we can 
can break it down. If we can break it down. Compare and contrast Austin's English countryside in the early 19th century to American suburbia circa 1950s. Okay. Well, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, what is there that is similar? Um, I feel like um, there's there's still men to kind of rule the place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's also, I feel like, the, the rumor mill, like, the gossip is very prevalent in both societies. Yeah. There's a bit of um, a melodramatic flair to both. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, American suburbia, 1950s, there was a lot of, like, you know, it was post-war. Everyone was pretending to be happy, and, like, everything was going great, but mm-hmm. we know that they were giving birth to a bunch of hippie babies who were going to yes. change the world. Um, <laughs> and Austin's time also kind of on the precipice of, of, change. of change between like an older, more pastoral, um, society to, um, you know, it was more like inheritances and, you mm-hmm. know, family wealth and class. And then we all started to change to like, we're going to have our personal money and we're going to be a little more judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I guess comparison, they're both like kind of on on the edge of um, a shifting of society. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably say that about most times in history. Right. <laughs> We're always on the edge of some shift. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I mean, I think comparatively wise, like they are both um, very conservative times in different, well, in different ways, but they're still very conservative, especially compared to today. Um, I think the idea of marrying off your daughters was still the same, not the exact same, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting a dowry and all that, but yeah. you know, that was like what they had to look forward to or to be a secretary. So yeah. And women had to either, you know, go along with that and try mm-hmm. to make it as best as they could for themselves or right. just, you know, say, screw it. I don't, I will live on the fringes. I don't care. Right. <laughs> um uh, no queer people allowed still <laughs> um, <laughs> there were some big art movements going on yes. in the 50s um i believe there might i think that um austin's time is when like impressionism was first starting and okay. romanticism so i think there were some art movements but I, although i think that um that time that was more by there were like a lot of <laughs> kids that uh-huh. didn't have a profession, who had money, who just, you know, were looking for some meaning in their lives. And so they started to look at, like, romanticism as, like, a new form of escapism. And, well, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the 50s well, were more, like, you know, beat beat poetry and yeah, um, theater of the absurd and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so to contrast, like, um, I feel like a lot of, like, awesome times was, like, you know, isolationism and... Like, because everything was so spread out in the country. That's true. Um, and you had, like, you know, everything you really needed, especially if you had a farm. Like, what was the point of leaving? Yeah. Well, there's also kind of um, a theme of expansion during both times, because I know mm-hmm. England was doing its whole um, conquering the world thing. Or maybe it was on the end, t- the tail end of that. Yeah. Um, Colonialism. Yeah. In the 50s, we had, like, this whole new expansive view of the world and it all coming together and mm-hmm. nations coming together. Yeah, I just think about, like, um, I don't know if exactly was the 50s, but, like, when, like, highways started being built and people were able to kind of travel by car 
farther distances. Yeah, easier. I think that was maybe the 40s. I say I think it's a little bit earlier, but that just becoming the norm and like like the whole idea yeah. of like isolationism and like community was so different because yeah. back then like you were literally isolated. Yeah. There wasn't a neighbor for miles, and in the like the 50s, um, even if it was like suburbia, it wasn't the city. But I feel like if you compare that to back in Jane Austen times, that would be like a humongous city because everyone was right on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting to think about like. There are a lot of parallels. The suburbia being like, oh, we're more spread out in the 50s. But then like in Austen times, you would, it would be like so condensed. Yeah. And then cities in the 50s would be like, this is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. What was the impetus of the podcast? Um, well, I think we did already talk about that in our last one, but, um, you know, I just really wanted to start a podcast because uh-huh. I listened to them and I just wanted to try it out. And I love Jane Austen and there are, I've now discovered a few Jane Austen podcasts that I never could find before. Um, but there's, you know, not enough. Right. <laughs> it feels like there could be like 12 of them, but there's just, there's not a lot. And, um. There are a lot of Twin Peaks podcasts, but there's not a lot of David Lynch podcasts, although most Twin Peaks podcasts do cover some of his other words. So I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of weird and I like opposite things. And Mm -hmm. I figured there's got to be some other people out there who like the opposite things. Plus, I really want Christian to (laughs) watch them all with me because I'm big into um, uh, proselytizing the things I love. Uh (laughs) Like I said, I probably introduced at least 20 people to Twin Peaks in my life. <laughs> I've definitely tried to push Jane Austen on a lot of people, but that one's a little harder to make to people <laughs> listen to me. Um, 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 why the specific combo of Lynch-Austin? Just, you know, because I love them both. <laughs> <laughs> they're opposites, I but also similar. I think they're both two of my favorite artists of all time. Uh-huh. I think they're both geniuses, so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think they're both... Uh like definitely like markers on their time periods of as like big important art pieces yeah and i think both of them will last oh yeah for a long i mean we know austin will (laughs) 300 years (laughs) she's just as popular now as she ever was i believe and lynch is one that you know gets more appreciation over time and so his work will definitely be around for a long time oh for sure (laughs) um how do you balance with so much more austin than lynch well actually i don't think that there's all that much more Austin than Lynch. It seems like there is because everyone always assumes that there's, you know, dozens of adaptations of every novel, but there's really not. There's like, well, Emma has maybe like the most. five or six, but the rest of them are lucky if we get four, if we have four. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few um, more modern adaptations, but like Northanger Abbey only has two. Right. Which is pathetic. Come on, people. More <laughs> Northanger Abbey. I want a mini series. <laughs> um yeah so i'm just we're right now i'm just playing it by ear kind of like doing like a two to one ratio trying Mm -hmm. to but um i've i wrote down both like um all the stuff i could find and i'd say jane austen had around 120 episodes worth and david lynch had about 90 something so they're not too far apart actually on because i mean he's written books he's got a lot of other stuff we can explore besides just the movies and twin peaks 
Okay. Are you going to watch The Straight Story? Of course. <laughs> I was actually thinking that might make a good one for like Christmas time next year. Uh-huh. Because it's like a nice, happy David Lynch movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> Disney and rated G. <laughs> um, what's up with all the red curtains? Is it vaginal? <laughs> uh well we haven't got to any red curtains yet we've only seen blue curtains yep yeah i think curtains are more of a expression of the veil between whatever two worlds we're exploring Mm -hmm. in david lynch yeah isn't red red is also like a symbol of like passion and yeah a bunch of intense feelings and both worlds tend to be very intense yeah (laughs) uh do you record at home or rent a space we record at home we used to record around the table, which was the creakiest thing on earth. So now we record in recliners and in the library, <laughs> comfy chairs. Yeah, we've got some soft chairs now. Um, what Austin book would Lynch adapt? Well, we kind of already did that one, but what do you think Lynch would be the most likely to want to adapt? Um, I mean, again, you haven't seen them all, but from what yeah, you've seen from so what far, I've seen. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like he would really like to do Persuasion. Uh-huh. Because it's all about th- love and yearning and what the heart wants. Uh-huh. And, you know, separation and distance. We haven't gotten to that one yet, but... Right. Um, I have, I don't know. I just feel like that one might call to Lynch a bit. Yeah, I feel like... Um, I, I, I think sense sensibility would be good. Um, I feel like because he doesn't have too many, like, female protagonists, he would probably take it maybe more so from... Um, oh, what's his name? <laughs> I'm so bad with names. <laughs> Let me look it up real quick. Sorry. Oh, like um, Darcy or what, which movie are you talking about? Sense and Sensibility. Oh, um, Edward uh. or Willoughby or Colonel Brandon. Um, Edward. I feel like he would take it more from Edward's perspective. Yeah. And maybe follow his well, story. That would be really interesting because usually Edward doesn't. Get much. <laughs> He's kind of like just, uh, yeah, we'll try to make him as interesting as possible. But <clears throat> a lot of people will, um, well, I've noticed a lot of directors especially like Joe Walsh, um, uh-huh. especially male directors who do Pride and Prejudice want to make it more from Darcy's perspective because okay. Darcy can come across as a real... Stick in the mud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they better nicely. But like, yeah. So that would be really interesting to see from Edward's perspective because we don't really... I haven't... I don't think we've gotten that too much. I, don't, I, I just feel like um, Edward kind of gives me a little bit of Henry vibes from Mary's yeah, Head. Just yeah, a little bit. Totally. Just very, like, unsure of what he wants to do all the time. Definitely. And a little meek. So I feel like he would probably want to follow him and see, like, what's really going on in his head. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think we're um, running out of time for questions, so... We can save some other ones for, like, future mashups. Yeah, let me just see if there's any... Okay, there, well, I ha- did have someone write in with their interpretation of a racer head okay well they're uh, trying to get a grips on what they think a racer head could be okay um we obviously haven't released our episode saying our final conclusions on it yet or actually we will have but we're recording this before we release it anyway <laughs> um, i've heard it yeah so they were wondering if we thought that a racer head was all a dream if it was all in his head or if it was just reality being skewed by his interpretation of events. Okay. Um, it seems like it could be inside of his head. And what happens in the movie are the different ways he copes with it. So the eraser shavings could symbolize letting go of something mentally. Okay. And yeah, I could see that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, just kind of like um, symbolizing like forgetting what you know. Uh-huh. 
and yeah like letting go i like that a lot yeah there's so many like interpretations you can have from that movie <laughs> i feel like they're all correct in some yeah, way exactly it's so I, weird. I love to hear all the different ones. And, you know, even if we've moved on past it, I still want to encourage you guys to write in, you know, if you are just getting to erase your head and it's several months from now, still write in with your interpretation. I still want to read it and oh, hear about sure. it. Oh, for sure. And then I got a really nice note from my cousin, oh. who I consider to be the Jane Austen expert in the family. She got her... Um, <laughs> doctoral thesis by writing or her thesis was on um i think it was like women as represented by gardens in the english literature classic something classic english literature (laughs) but i know she used jane austen as one of her um examples or Uh um what do you call it arguments towards her thesis i don't really know how thesis works because i never got that far (laughs) i'm not a doctor but she's a doctor and i consider her an expert but um she wrote us in and i went to share her um letter she said she's i've really been enjoying the podcast since austin is one of my favorite authors and i've seen the movies you've discussed probably far too many times it's been fun to hear christian's take on seeing them for the first time I've especially appreciated the perspective you guys bring as experienced theater and film people. I always see these movies from more of a literary and historical perspective, and it's good to hear a different take. After listening to your episode with Laura Burrell on on the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, I asked Erin, who is her sister, if we could watch the movie together over the holidays, because if you have a little bit of time with your sister, it's never a bad idea to watch Jane Austen. And as you said, it's the sexy Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) The first time I saw this movie in the theaters when it came out, the part at the end where Mr. Darcy comes walking up through the meadow in the dawn to declare his feelings again, there was some woman who just let out this huge, satisfied sigh like it was the most romantic thing she'd ever seen. (laughs) Keep up the good work. I can't wait to hear what Christian thinks of the books. Wow, that's so sweet. sweet? That is so sweet. Thank you for writing in. so happy and it actually made me think i don't think i've ever made my sister watch any jane austen really yeah um so maybe when i see her next which should be soon i will make her watch some and maybe we'll record a little like first impressions for yeah her. sister yeah. episode that'd be That'd really be cool maybe not a whole episode but we can like stick a it little blurb. The next check-in or yeah, something <laughs> a little blurb that'd be so cute yeah so um oh and uh so i guess we'll start our quizzes but yeah. We already recorded one quiz with Laura for Pride and Prejudice. So we will stick that into the episode here. Yes. <laughs> All right. And now we have a fun thing for you guys. We're going to do a Pride and Prejudice quiz. If you heard our mashup episode, we've done, uh, we did a couple of quizzes on that, but this one is specifically for Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Do you want to go through it? Sure. <clears throat> and so this quiz will kind of tell us it uh, which mashup of two different characters on this we are. Um, all right. So for the first question, um, it's to pick an estate to live on. I don't recognize these houses. I'm not sure if you <laughs> These would. are all large, uh, like, uh, English, uh, I want to say heritage. I don't know if that's what they call them. Like, mm-hmm. I think um, it is. I didn't know if they were from, like, any Jane Austen movies or... Oh, I'm sure they've been in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I see the same houses in all of them. So I guess um, this is not as easy to describe for the podcast listeners, but we'll just pick whichever one well, we think we like the best. So there's that one that looks like a lot like Rosings. So it's, like, big and imposing. and 
Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And there's another one that was kind of like a, a Tudor. It looks more like a little Tudor manor house. And then there's some big, crazy mansion estates. I'm going to pick the one that looks like a small castle. Oh, the yeah. one at the bottom, right? Yeah. What about you, Christian? Um, there's this one that I, it's at the top left. It's like a brick. Mm-hmm. And it's got um, a window on almost every square foot of it. So <laughs> I'm going to pick that one. It's really pretty. Okay, I'm having a hard time deciding between the most plainest one and the most opulent <laughs> one. Because one of them is like one that I probably would actually want to live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like looks like an actual house. But the other one has so many chimneys and crazy <laughs> stuff that I just think it would be so fun. So I'm going to pick that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question is, pick something that will make you an accomplished woman. Knowledge of modern languages, knowledge of drawing, knowledge of music and singing, knowledge of dancing, a good air and manner of walking, or a good tone of voice. Hmm. I would like to learn more modern languages. I know. I feel like that would make yeah. me an accomplished woman. Yeah. <laughs> the rest I... I'm also going to I'm pick... kind of can do... Kind of... Uh, in... I'm going to do modern languages, because I feel like that's... I'm going to go with a knowledge of drawing. Mm. Drawing. (laughs) It does make one accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question is, pick a literary insult. Um, For Murder on the Orient Express, if you will forgive me for being personal, I do not like your face. (laughs) Um, From The Importance of Being Earnest, I never saw anybody take so long to dress and with such little results. (laughs) Oscar Wilde, always going to knock it out. Um, from Emma. It was a delightful visit, perfect in being much too short. <laughs> that sounds like such an Emma thing to say. <laughs> it does. Um, from The Sun Also Rises, I misjudged you. You're not a moron. You're only a case of arrested development. <laughs> from Middlemarch, a prig is a fellow who is always making you a present of his opinions. <laughs> and then from Gone with the Wind, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. I'm going with Emma, of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Oscar Wilde because nobody beats Oscar Wilde. Yes. I'm going to go with Agatha Christie. Yeah, that was good. From Murder on the Rock Express. All right. Everybody? Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Pick a Jane Austen book. I'm Pers- the only one who can really judge out of all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Persuasion, Emma, Northanger Abbey, Mansfield Park, Sense and Sensibility, or Pride and Prejudice. Okay. So Northanger, how, am I, how do you say that? Northanger Abbey? Yes, Northanger Abbey. Is that the one that is more like, if you have a knowledge of the time, it's a really great parody of maybe of her other books? and. Um, it's kind of, um, I wouldn't say making fun of, but it is commenting on gothic novels of the time. Yes. I just read it's a, got really, a really great, um, adapta- two really great adaptations. Just read a really great essay on that, so I'm going to do that one. What about you? You only got three that you know. So yeah. Which one? Um, I was probably gonna pick Pride and Prejudice, but that movie that came out maybe like a couple years ago with Kate Beckinsale. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, oh, Lady Susan, or mm, Love and Friendship. That's Lady Susan. That's uh-huh. the book. Okay, it's not one of these. Yeah. Um, then I'll just go with Pride and Prejudice because I like the movie. Okay, I haven't actually ever on this podcast mentioned my favorite Jane Austen, but oh, I guess you're gonna oh, hear it now. Oh. Maybe controversial, but Mansfield Park is my favorite. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to read it. All right. Next question is, now pick a place to read it. Um, the first picture is just a chair in a yard. But there's a nice cozy blanket yes. and some 
azaleas in the backyard in the background it's very british countryside <laughs> um second picture is like a homemade indoor sheet tent um <laughs> with funny. some pillows and like christmas some, lights yeah some little strong lights um third one is uh, a bench in a very opulent garden Mm-hmm. hedges nice and, garden yes. uncomfortable looking bench <laughs> and the fourth one is um a bed mm-hmm. with a bunch of comfy pillows and a blanket mm-hmm. um the next one is a big red chair with a blanket and a or cup a couch, of tea maybe <laughs> maybe a couch and, and i think is that a fireplace in the background maybe i think so too mm-hmm. and then the last one is um just a bench in a field <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a cup of coffee. It's very uh, 2005 Pride and Prejudice lighting. Yes. <laughs> um, I want the couch, but outside. So I'm going to go with the first picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the chair outside. Um, I think I'm going to go with the bed. Yeah, that's comfortable. I, I mean, it's all about comfort for me. But I do like reading outside if I can be comfortable. Yes. I do like reading outside, but man, I love a fireplace. <laughs> All right, last pick question. A <laughs> pick a ribbon. It's just yeah. six colors of ribbon. Yes, pick a ribbon. Red. Um, it's like a yellow, like goldish. goldish. Yep. Um, a very light pink. Um, almost pastel green. A dark. I call that a sage. Sage. That's yeah. a good descriptor. Almost the next one's like a very dark, like foresty kind of green. Mm-hmm. Emerald maybe, and then the last one's almost like a gray silver. Mm-hmm. Red. Pewter. I'm going uh, with red. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, I'm stuck between the pink and the dark green. I don't know. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to do the dark green. Oh, dark green wouldn't look good in my hair, but I like it. I'm going to go with the pewter. Pewter? Oh, shit. (laughs) Who'd you get? (laughs) Fucking A. (laughs) I got Caroline Bingley and Mary Bennett. Oh, (laughs) I love that combo, actually. That's, That's a like good a combo. good combo. Yeah. <laughs> a little your... bit bitchy, but a little bit sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, li- a little bit like, a little bit like w- thinking you're completely aware of the situation, but not, and then completely not aware of the situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's I, your... do... I love both of those characters, though. <laughs> yes. What's your little descriptor? Like, oh. What's it say? You're dark, brooding, and have a sharp tongue. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> uh, the last one we did like this was strangely accurate. Yes. <laughs> so I have a sharp tongue, but that's definitely not a bad thing. People admire you for your confidence and strong. Ugh, come on, editors, please. Strong send of who you are. <laughs> People admire you for your confidence and your strong sense of who you are. I like it. Yeah. I think sure. that sounds yeah. appropriate. Yeah, totally. Good. Who'd you get, Maya? I got Mr. Darcy and Jane Bennett. Ooh. <laughs> that's a weird combo but is. you might be an introvert at heart but you know how to have a good time when you're with the right company mm. you're a good-hearted person who loves the quiet things in life again strangely accurate yes <laughs> totally how are buzzfeed's quizzes so weirdly that's accurate so weird all right i got mr bingley and jane bennett oh you're the most good-natured positive and charming person you know you emit a warm ray of sunshine into every room you walk into and people love you for it I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> no. it. No. <laughs> Wait, who's the combo I mean, of people again? You are. Um, but... <laughs> Mr. Bingley and Jane Bennett. You're their baby. That just seems too sweet for you, I'd be a really you, attractive Christian. baby. Yeah. You're sweet, but I don't know if you're that sweet. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> this is the first interesting, not super accurate answer we've gotten, but... <laughs> Maybe you just picked the wrong color ribbon, I mean. <laughs> Maybe. I should have went with the paint. 
should have went with the pink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> so did we have some quizzes, new quizzes? We do. So I guess finding any sort of David Lynch quiz is going to be the most difficult thing I'm ever going to do in my life. So we're going to take the same quiz I think we took for um, Blue Velvet, which is just basically like, which David Lynch character are you? Uh-huh. But um, Maya had this great idea of taking them as the characters to see like, yeah. like maybe just kind of making uh, cho- choices that would reflect maybe what the character was thinking yeah. during the movies to see who we get. We might get the same character, we might not. Yeah, I'm interested to see if we fill out the test as Henry if we'll come up with Henry. Right. <laughs> or our interpretation of Henry. Yeah. But I'd also I like to see, so. you know, um, Elizabeth Bennet. <laughs> which uh, David Lynch movie would she be? <laughs> oh, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We can also take it as some Austin characters. That'd be so much fun. All right. Okay. Should we start with um, as uh, Elizabeth or should we start with Henry? Sure. Um, let's... How about you fill in for Henry and I'll fill in for Elizabeth? Or do you want to do okay. Elizabeth? That's fine. Can I do Elizabeth? You want to do Elizabeth? Yes. Yeah. Do I, like, it. I like her better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Um, yeah. All right. Question one, male or female, the binary. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, just I'm Henry. I'm male. <laughs> okay. And then where do you dream of living? Philadelphia, California, <laughs> Washington State, North Carolina, Nevada, or the UK? I'm going to go ahead and say the UK since she's British. (laughs) I mean, I would say that I should say Philadelphia because that's where the movie takes place. But then I don't know if he actually would dream of living there. Seems like more like a nightmare for him. (laughs) I was going to say, his life seemed terrible. I'm going to say he dreams of living in California because there's a picture of a beach and I bet he would like that. I'm sure he would love to escape. (laughs) I'm not going to end up with Henry at the end. (laughs) (laughs) What's your career of choice? Printer, wood sculptor, lounge singer, travel agent, actor, undecided, musician, or law enforcement? Huh. I would say based on these choices, maybe she would be undecided. I almost feel like she might be a travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) A travel agent. I just feel like she would have something like, she'd just be good at, you know. Doing that. Or maybe like a printer. She loves loves to read. So maybe a printer. Oh, that's a good one. I I do printer. I would say printer for Henry because he's a printer in the movie, yeah. but he's on permanent vacation, so I don't think it's his career of choice. No. I think it's <laughs> I think what he, loves he has to, leave. to do. Um, I'm going to say actor or maybe lounge singer. Something on the stage because, should I say musician, actor, or lounge singer? Um, I would say musician. He doesn't seem like a singer. Yeah, because he just, he fantasizes about that stage. So yeah, The woman in the radiator. <laughs> What's your favorite way to watch a movie at home? Beta, VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray, or HD digital download? I'm going to guess beta because that's probably the closest he would have. Yeah. There's not a record player on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for Elizabeth. Uh, well, you know, she does like to keep up with the times. Should does she? She, <laughs> she was pretty progressive for her time, so maybe hd digital download <laughs> the most yeah. progressive option yeah give her that one she feels like that'd be the easiest way for her to take in content yeah what's your favorite food tuna sandwich steak salad calamari cherry pie cheeseburger or oatmeal i think oatmeal that seems more like what she would be eating back then the closest yeah. don't you think yeah i'm gonna say tuna sandwich that seems like henry seems like... <laughs> no explanation every day. <laughs> but it just it just seems to fit 
What's your favorite beverage? Coffee, soda, wine, martini, beer, water, tea, or milk? I'm going to go with tea because she's English. Well, I was going to say maybe wine. For her? Yeah. That's true. All right. How do I go? I don't know. Maybe that's more of a Lydia thing. Yeah, maybe tea. Tea. I'm thinking milk. (laughs) He does kind of seem like a a milk (laughs) drinker. Seems like a milk drinker. No offense to milk drinkers. No, I like milk, but I... I just could see him bringing home a jug of milk in his grocery bag. That's true. You see a logic problem on a chalkboard. What do you do? Solve it or erase it? I think Elizabeth definitely would try and solve it. Yeah. um, Henry would definitely erase it. (laughs) (laughs) No time. You have an aversion to blank the most. Fire, mirrors, heights, strangers, or sand? Strangers? Yeah, that seems appropriate for Henry. Or mirrors? I'm going to say mirrors. Because he probably doesn't want to look at himself. Probably not. Because he does, um, you know, have sex with the stranger across the hall. So I guess strangers aren't that terrified. It's more the people he knows he's terrified of. So I'm going to go with mirrors. (laughs) Uh, I feel like the thing that applies most to Elizabeth would be maybe fire. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, (laughs) I would think everybody would be afraid of fire during that time period. (laughs) Say everything's made of wood. Yeah. Fire it is. All right. What's the most keen of your five senses? Touch, taste, smell, sight, or hearing? Um, I feel like for Elizabeth, maybe sight or hearing, don't you think? I was going to say hearing for um, Henry because the whole movie is sounds. That's true. That's all you hear. I would say for Elizabeth, I don't know, sight maybe? Yeah. Sight? Yeah. Let's go with that. It's all about first impressions, Mm -hmm. prejudices and stuff. What's your favorite David Lynch production? Eraserhead, The (laughs) Elephant Man, Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, Lost Highway, or Mulholland Drive? Um, I mean, I guess Eraserhead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of have to pick that. I would say maybe Mulholland Drive because it's like the more female-driven. Yeah, she would like that one, yeah. So let's do that. (laughs) I got Henry Spencer! (laughs) Yay! Uh, you live in a world that is strange and at times terrifying, but you continue through life unaffected. People around you do unusual things, but to you it's normal. You wear your hair unlike many others and have a distinct love for music. Being a parent is a scary thing to you, but you're an accountable person and show affection however you can. I don't know that that is an accurate description of Henry Spencer, but I'm glad that I got the right <laughs> answer. Say, you got Henry. <laughs> I got Laura Palmer. Uh, from uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Oh. A kind person, <laughs> you have lived the life of a high school princess. Although the smile you wore each day covers a lot of pain, that doesn't go away, even when you're home with mom and dad. Yeah. You have dealt with your share of demons, and your friends desperately try to help you overcome them. In the end, you find your guardian angel in the form of someone who would go through hell and back to see that justice is carried out in your name. I feel like that is really accurate. They're the most mm-hmm. com- two of the most complex female characters I mean, they're both, not two of the most, but they're both complex female characters oh, who yeah. have a lot going on. That Well, I like that. That was great. That was really fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. So do we want to take a Sense and Sensibility quiz? Oh, yes, please. All right. Let me send you that. <laughs> I hope I don't get um, Fanny. What's her name? Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> the horrible. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but I know who you're talking. Your least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, Lucy Steele. Oh, God. Please don't get Lucy Steele. <laughs> Only five questions. Question one. What is your overall personality? 
Dependability is your name. Full of life and spirited would describe you well. Sensible and kind, though reserved. Unprincipled, but friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, but steadfast and generous. Uh... Hmm. I would say for me, sensible and kind, though reserved. I was going to say that, or but I couldn't decide between that and quiet, but steadfast and generous. I'm going to say sensible and kind, Okay, but reserved. We're the same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. What do you like to do? Draw, take long walks and read poetry, music and being with your love interest, dancing, poetry, I name it, you do it. <laughs> you don't really do anything particularly well, but you enjoy watching from afar. I'm going to have to say dancing, poetry, I name it, you do it, because I love to do any kind of art that strikes my fancy at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like all the rest, too. I'm not a big dancer, but I, you know, I Could feel like partake. that's in the spirit of the, the question. <laughs> Anything artsy. Um, I think I'm going to do the music one, because okay. I really like listening to music. Yeah. And being with my love interest. Oh. <laughs> what is your greatest fault? Refusing to confide in anyone, even when it means bottling everything up inside you and suffering alone. Uh, I have the opposite fault. (laughs) (laughs) Being too open and careless with your emotions, it's bound to cost you a broken heart and a bad reputation. You aren't open enough with your feelings. You fall for someone, but you're engaged and never explain this to your love interest, causing confusion and hurt. You have little or no principles. (laughs) Um, I guess. Oh, God. So hard. I know. I think I'm going to go with um, you aren't open enough with your feelings. Yeah. I think we're going to get the same answers. Um, I would say being too open, but it's not that I'm too open with my emotions. Just I can't not tell everyone every single fucking thing that's going on in my life (laughs) at any given moment. (laughs) Diary of the mouth. Um, Okay. (laughs) All right. Ready? Yeah. Question four. What is your best quality? Your willingness to learn from your mistakes and make up for them. Your ability to keep calm and take care of things in the middle of chaos. Your sense of humor and remorse over your mistakes. Your kind heart and ability to see people as they are regardless of station or finances. Your loyalty and steadfast heart despite discouraging circumstances. I would say the first one. Your willingness to learn from your mistakes and make up for them. Yeah, that's a good one. Although I think I'm going to go with your sense of humor and remorse over your mistakes. Because I really (laughs) like to laugh at my own mistakes a lot. (laughs) Question five. Someone wrongs you greatly. How do you react? You put up with it and keep the information concerning it to yourself. You mourn openly, letting everyone see your misery, (laughs) though you do forgive. You feel guilt and remorse because it was you who wronged, not the other way around, but you no longer have the power to fix things. You take responsibility for his or her actions. You keep the incident private, even from someone who needs and deserves to know, and this makes things worse on both sides. Um, oh, oh, that's so hard. I know. I think I'm going to go with you mourn openly, letting everyone see your misery, though you do forgive. (laughs) I would say the first one. You put up with it and keep the information concerning it to yourself. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. No, I mean, my, I was was explaining who I got. (laughs) Oh, no. Who'd you get? John Willoughby. Oh, no. villain you're a villain oh no (laughs) who'd you get uh i got colonel brandon oh like okay i'll say my john willoughby you are rather unprincipled and a scoundrel at best (laughs) (laughs) you often leave the victims of your unspeakable actions holding the bag so to speak 
You may lose your best chance for happiness because of your self-indulgence. You have, to your credit, an amusing sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. Poor Maya. <laughs> All right. So I got Colonel Brandon. You have been hurt in the past, but you still have a kind and generous heart. Unfortunately, your rival has youth and spirit on his side. But don't give up too easily. We're you rivals. Should... <laughs> you should speak up about how you feel and show that you care. Wow, that's interesting. I know. I feel like I didn't answer anything Willoughby-ish, but... I guess maybe you kind of did. Maybe I did. <laughs> villain art. Too open-hearted makes you villain. <laughs> that was a witch one. Uh, okay, well, um, did we already say what's coming next? Um, I think we did. Did we? Mansfield Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, Persuasion, yeah. Twin Peaks, and then Bugs, yes. Twin Peaks. Yes, we did. Okay. Well, that's everything. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad that you guys are coming back and joining us for this new year of new podcasts mm-hmm. with new adaptations of Jane Austen and David Lynch movies yes. slash TV shows. We're only just getting started. Yes, and please write in about anything, anytime we make a mistake and you want to fix our mistaken views on, you know, 18th century English society <laughs> or whatever. Or 50 suburbia. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have any theories or questions or, you know, fanfic, anything, we definitely want to hear from you. So yes, please. please write in. You can get in touch with us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Yes. Or our Gmail. Uh, did you just do our Gmail? Yeah, I just did our Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did our website. Sorry. Uh, I'm yeah. stupid. Or the website. You can leave a voice message on the website, mannersandmadness.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can do that, which just could be easier. Yep. Um, you can DM us on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod mm-hmm. or on Twitter at mannersmadness. Um, and we definitely want to say thank you to all of our friends and listeners who submitted questions. Yes, and thank you. Most of those were actually solicited from our friends who I know are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but we really, really appreciate it. We really had a lot of fun reading these questions and thinking about them and answering. So we hope more comes in yeah. so that we can have some audience participation. Yeah, and definitely we want you to be as involved as we are in this podcast because it's just fun. Yes. The more the merrier. All right, well... We hope you'll join us next week where we start uh, the 2007 ITV slash PBS adaptation of Mansfield Park. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night. Bye.